Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is a View from the Bullens podcast. Listen to all the news, views and inside track from Goodison Park. This is a View from the Bullens podcast, sponsored by The Beer Keller, Liverpool One. Hello and welcome to the weekly catch-up from A View from the Bullens with me, Benwin Stanley. And as always, I'm joined by the Bobble to discuss this week as a lifelong suffering Evertonian. The listeners don't really know much about your Bobble and I thought I'd start off with a bit of a... Who is the man behind the hat, the mysterious <laughs> man? Tell the listeners a bit of a fact about you. Make it a fun one. A fun fact? Um, oh, that's a tough question to start off with, Ben. A fun fact is I was a referee up until 12 months ago uh, and got to a half-decent level. That's probably the best fact I've got, to be fair. And that's why the bobble doesn't call out David Coote on any of our podcasts <laughs> if you're listening. So I hope you all tune in and listen to his, his words. The referee is never wrong in the bobble's eyes. Oh, I'll tell you something, actually. David Coote, you just, I can't believe you mentioned him out of all the referees. He was actually the mentor for one of my mates who was in the same development group as me uh, when I was coming through the system. Um, yeah, one of the worst refs. Yeah, shocker. Absolute shocker. So you didn't even get the good refs either? No. How how he how he's got how he's got all the way to the top, mate. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know because through the pyramid there were so many good referees, and yeah, it's mad when you see actually who actually gets to the top and who doesn't. It's bizarre. So it's safe to say that you got Anthony Taylor. Say again, sorry. You got Anthony Taylor for your mentor. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Raya Rennie. If anyone can remember him, oh, what a boy, Kalina. But anyway, it's a late one today. You had a busy day, mate. Yeah, yeah, quite busy. Obviously, just keep up to date with all the latest news, obviously, with, with Everton. Uh, another busy day, obviously, with the press conference at Finch Farm today with, with Sean Deitch. Um, so, yeah, all eyes on, on Fulham on Saturday. So, a busy one, mate, for you. How was yours? Not bad. 
I've had Danny, our tech guy, hounding me all, all day, asking where I am. And unfortunately, as always, I let him down, stuck in work. The, the ongoing joke amongst ourselves, it's always me who's either late or misses a day. But there was no hangover, I was just kept in work. But anyway, enough about us, enough about refereeing, enough about me. Let's rewind then a weekly catch-up on what's gone on at Everton. As always, we're going to go back to last Saturday at Old Trafford. You had a bit of a story. Your dad let you down last minute in regards to going to Old Trafford, didn't he? But how was the game and how was your day? He did let me down. You're absolutely right. He did. It was either let me down or let my mum down. So he chose to, to let me down. Um, about the game, yeah, it was... It was Look, going into the game, it was always going to be difficult, wasn't it? Manchester United at Old Trafford, they're, they're normally pretty good. It's, pretty, it's a tough place to go to and... History tells everybody that our form at Old Trafford is really, really poor. We don't really get much from Old Trafford. Um, but I think the performance was more disappointing than the actual results. I thought under Sean Dyche, it was one of our most poor performances, especially in the first half where I think Manchester United could have probably have been three or four up in reality if it wasn't for some heroics from Jordan Pickford and also some huge chances, just fluff their lines from some of the Man U players. Um, a real difficult day at the office for us, there's no doubt about it. Obviously, the absence of Abdullah Decore serving his first game of his suspension was, was, a, was a tough miss and we didn't really seem to get to grips on the change of system and the change in personnel, Ellis Sims came in to, to start the game. And, and Deutsch started with a 4-4-2 and it was almost a flat 4-4-2 up until Manchester United went 1-0 up. The warning signs were there uh, before the first goal. The minute it went 1-0, um, you know, Sean Deutsch then opted to a 4-5-1 and he moved Gray out onto the wing and, and dropped Iwobi into the middle. Uh, it, it, it didn't really work. It stemmed the flow. It stemmed the free-flowing attacks that Manchester United were having. But it didn't really change the course of the game. And ultimately, if Man U wanted to go up another gear or two, they probably could have run out three or four nil winners in reality. And we were probably lucky to, to come away with a two nil defeat because it could have been worse. Crazy as, as football is, we hung in there at one nil and, and we dug in. And previous Everton teams would have probably rolled over at that point and, and went three nil down. But we kept it at one nil. And if it wasn't for a mistake from Seamus Coleman, who I'm not going to come on here and criticise because he has been absolutely outstanding this season for Everton. Uh, if it wasn't for his mistake, you know, who knows? Everton may have snatched something from the from the cusp of defeat. It wouldn't have been deserved. There's no doubt about it. Manchester United were worthy winners, comfortable winners, and Everton got exactly what they deserved, which was which was zero points. But I, I do think we've we've got to take it game by game. We can't get too down about that one fixture. Going into the game, it was a tough ask. The performance was poor, but it looked like, to me, we looked a leggy team. We looked like a team that had gone to the well one too many times over recent weeks with the same crop of players. And they just looked devoid of ideas and just a little bit dead on their feet. And they just couldn't really chase a game. They didn't look capable of chasing a game on a big pitch at Old Trafford. And they didn't press as well as they as they previously did, which Sean Dyche did allude to after the game. So a tough day at the office, Ben. I think 1-11, to bar Jordan Pickford collectively as a whole it was a poor performance uh, and they, they can do better they know they can play better they know they can make it more difficult for teams no matter where they are you know you look what we did at Chelsea uh, only a couple of weeks ago down at Stamford Bridge or what we did against Tottenham Hotspur with 10 men we can make life very very difficult and that is something that we didn't do at Old Trafford but no complaints from me worthy winners Manchester United uh, but Let's be honest, it was a game going into it where if we'd have got a point, it would have been a bit of a Brucey bonus. It wasn't to be. We have to move on. There's bigger games that are going to define our season. Losing at Old Trafford, for me, Ben, is is not one of them that defines our season. 
I agree. And to summarise briefly, I thought everyone was awful about Jordan Pickford. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Jordan, <laughs> I think Jordan Pickford is absolutely outstanding. You know, some people do doubt that he is England's number one. The, the argument is absolutely a complete load of rubbish in my eyes. Jordan Pickford is the best England goalkeeper in the Premier League and probably in the top five of all keepers in the Premier League currently. It's just the fact that sometimes Everton forget how to defend. We got outclassed, outplayed, outbattled, outfought. Better team, better squad won on the day. Yeah. Everton didn't lay a glove on Manchester United. Probably the only winner was me wearing shorts to the game because it was 16 degrees. And I oh. did say it was going to on Twitter and what a call that was. It was always in jeans. I had a mare. <laughs> yeah, it was It was red off. It was a lovely day, lovely day out. But like you quite rightly said, it was it was expected. Everton didn't show up. They just, they just didn't lay a glove. The 4-4-2 by Sean Dyche backfired. That didn't really come off either. Damari Gray, like you quite rightly said, got moved out. I did find James Tarkovsky's comments a bit... Strange this week when he went on to say that he hoped that Jordan could just keep it nil-nil before the break, um, referring to Jordan Pickford. So I think even the players knew they were under the cosh. I think Ben Godfrey was potentially suffering from Sutton, a bit of sickness because he just wasn't at the races. One of the worst halves of football I've seen from a player um, in, a, in a quite a long time. He was rightfully substituted at half-time. But again, that game... Is now over. We now need to look forward. There's now more important games coming up. And on that bubble, we've had the media roundup this week. And if you want to see the full version of the media roundup with more exclusive content, more exclusive news, head over to our patron. The link, as always, is below. First and foremost, you tweeted earlier on in the week in regards to Eurovision, well, let's say Euro 2028. <laughs> Bramley Moore has been included in the UK and Ireland 2028 bid. It's good for a stadium that Darren Ben said hasn't even started being built, isn't that right? Oh, it's fantastic, isn't it, for a stadium that hasn't been built or still in build or is a traffic cone or whatever else you want to call it, what people have called it previously. Fantastic news for, for Everton and the, and the and Bramley Moore at the stadium. Yeah, b- brilliant news and really, really pleased for the for the football club. In a time where, you know, there's obviously a lot of negativity in and around Everton um, to, to get that sort of kudos, that sort of feather in your cap, it, it's very, very pleasing for, for the new stadium. There's no doubt about that. Of course, obviously, we've got bigger things to worry about right now than a potential Euro 2028 hosting stadium. But it's always pleasing. And yeah, it just goes to show, doesn't it, just how good our stadium is going to be when you look at the likes of maybe Old Trafford, Anfield, they've been excluded from from the bid. So it just goes to show just how good our ground is going to be when it's finished, Ben. So yeah, really, really pleasing. Yeah, obviously, if people aren't aware, our studio is actually, I know I got a bit of grief for it on Twitter, but it is literally a stone's throw away from the Bramley Moor ground. There's no way you can throw a stone that far. Well, potentially, we'll see. If I I had a a huge Jackman arm, maybe. But, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, jokes aside, going down there every week, I absolutely love it because you can mm. see week in, week out that the weekly updates. You can see this week the roof structure was put on top, on on top, literally ready to be to be put on. So it, it's just little by little getting bigger and bigger. The investment will probably ultimately come. Another topic that we did speak about on the media roundup show. It's just going to be unbelievable for the city and even for the widow on my sunny side from New Brighton. Looking over, it's absolutely amazing to see. 
It's going to be a picturesque sight for me doing my morning walks at six o'clock, listen to the bobble interview numerous journalists, <laughs> players, legends, and many, and even Lee McLean. <laughs> but anyway, moving swiftly on, Isaac Price. The price isn't right, unfortunately. Excuse the pun. Obviously, in today's press conference today, Everton and Price don't really see eye to eye. You touch upon it on the media roundup show. I got the exclusive. Don't particularly want to brag about it, but I was first to tweet about this news about Standard Liège coming in hard. But a cheeky little message from the bubble set me up, didn't it? Oh, I don't know about that. You, you, no, no. Take your credit, Ben. Take your credit where it's deserved, mate. Um, yeah, I, Price. This has been ongoing for a number of months now. Um, obviously, a situation which is out of Everton's control. Unfortunately, the player's contract ends up in the summer. The player deems that he's fit enough for, for first-team football, good enough for first-team football elsewhere. It's an unfortunate circumstance. There's no doubt the boy's got talent. There's no doubt that he's got a future in the game at some level. Obviously, he's featured for his national team, Northern Ireland, in the latest international break. He made his debut. There's no doubt about it. He has got something. But how good he will be obviously remains to be seen. But him and his representative believe that his future lies elsewhere and he believes that he should have already been called upon in the Everton first team. Now, it's a strange circumstance because under Frank Lampard, he, him uh, and Stan Mills, for an example, they were in and around the first team. They'd made the bench a couple of times and then even made the odd appearance between them in, in maybe the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup or whatever else. However, since Sean Dyches came in, obviously he's put them back down to the 21 system and chances of breaking through to the first team are now few and far between or they believe they're few and far between and they they have basically said they don't see a clear pathway into the first team uh isaac price representative so they, they've looked elsewhere his contracts up in the summer and they now have, have every right to start talking to other clubs i said on the media roundup ben and a number of days ago that he had been speaking to clubs on the continent uh and it comes to fruition you know, you did a great tweet in terms of Standard Liège and, and there you go, you know, Standard Liège had open talks with Isaac Price and they're now heavily favourites to sign him. He's very open to going to Liège and, and making a career for himself out there and seeing where it takes him. So it's a shame for Everton. I've always said they've got a big battle on and keeping him. It looks like we've lost that battle. Um, we will get a compensation fee of around 400000 uh, when we when we eventually lose Isaac Price. But nevertheless, it's just a disappointing circumstance that one of our most prized young possessions out of the under-21s, whether he'll make it or not, is technically walking away for free. It, it is disappointing because, like I have always said, whether the players are good enough for Everton or not, you, you need to be earning off them. It's a business at the end of the day. If a player breaks through into the first team, fantastic. Perfect. The academy's worked. But also, on the flip side, if they're not good enough for Everton and you sell them for X amount, Brilliant, perfect. The academy's worked again and you reinvest that money back into the academy. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a disappointing circumstance to to lose someone like Isaac Price, who is highly sought after. I will just add, Celtic were obviously very keen. Vincent Company at Burnley's a huge fan. Frank Lampard, obviously previous Everton manager, he was a huge fan. Um, it is disappointing to lose him, Ben. It definitely is. Um, and what do I know? You know, Isaac Price, you know, he performs extremely well in Australia was one of the probably the standout performers in central midfield. What do I know in regards to the whole price situation? Well, when he made his Northern Ireland or Ireland debut, um, the Everton hierarchy panicked, I think, because I think he impressed quite highly. And I think 
he's a very emerging star. They're very high hopes for young Isaac. Um, and Everton did try. They did offer him numerous different contracts. However, he just didn't see a pathway to the first team. And maybe at that age, you you want to be pressed on the door. He might have looked at the likes of James Garner, Amadou Onana, around his age, still young, getting ahead of him. Um, you've got Abdullah Decore probably staying for another 12 months if we ultimately remain in the Premier League. So, yeah, look, not going to be good, Jim. People leave Everton and the grass isn't always greener. Wish him good luck, as always. But, yeah, I think it's pretty much done for, to standardly age. That, that's why I do my, my cryptic tweets, as always. But, anyway, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He is back training. Another tweet from the hat that we need to discuss. Is he <laughs> obviously in contention for the Fulham game? He's back in training, mate. He's back in full training. Great news for Everton fans. Great news for Sean Dyche. And great news, most importantly, for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He's overcome a week's worth of training. Uh, full training, that is, with the first team. He's back in contention for matches. He's now can be considered for match day squads. It's now up to Sean Dyche when he wants to reintegrate Dominic Carvalho into a match day squad. So great news all around, really, Ben. Um, long may it continue. It'd be great to get a, a number of games under Dominic Carvalho's belt now and really help us kick on for survival. Um, but a much needed boost, even if it means Dominic Carvalho starts on the bench over the next week, two, three weeks, whatever it may be. What an option to have off the bench now. A fit and fire in Dominic Carvalho who's chomping at the bit. Um, that's what we need. Really, really important. And I'm really pleased for the lad. Um, you know, I've said on previous podcasts with yourself, Bill, on the media roundup, he comes under a, lot, under a lot of scrutiny because he's one of Everton's big players and he obviously is much criticised by most quarters in reality with his off-the-field uh, hobbies or what he does outside of football, picking up numerous injuries. He, he does get heavily criticised. However, the lad is an unbelievable nick. The condition that lad's in is, is ridiculous. Um, he really looks after himself. He's a top, top professional and I've never really heard well I haven't heard a bad word said about him in the professional game Ben and I always speak to you you know in private I've never heard a bad word said about him a real nice lad who works really hard and takes his career very very seriously um obviously he's had a terrible run of injuries it is what it is it happens in football it happens to players it's unfortunate they don't want to get injured as much as we don't want them to get injured um but look he's back he's training Sean Dyche now has a serious number nine chomping at the bit to feature for Everton. So really, really good news and long may it continue. And let's hope now he stays fit and helps Everton get over the line, Ben. Yeah, definitely. Other injuries, Seamus Coleman. Is there any update in regards to him? I think he is due to miss the game, isn't he? He is, yeah. Hamstring injury from Manchester United. Just a niggle, nothing serious. Man U will probably be the only game that he misses all being well, mate. So, yeah, nothing too serious. But obviously, he will miss the game against Fulham on Saturday, which will result in maybe Nathan Patterson or Ben Godfrey deputising it right back. Um, yeah, but nothing serious. 
Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. As always, a view from the Bullens is sponsored by the Beerkel Liverpool C&D Engineering Consultants and Advanced Building Supplies. Thanks to them for all the support and, of course, to our patron members, of which most have been supporting us now a very long time. If you want to join us and get exclusive access to all our content, as always, the link is below. Bobble, on to Fulham. Saturday, 3 o'clock, Goodison Park. This feels big, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does feel big, Ben. You're absolutely right. It's a big game. Every home game from now to the end of the season is a big game, and I include Manchester City in that. Um, home games keep you in the Premier League. It's as simple as that, especially given how wretched our away form has been over the last number of years. Fulham without Mitrovic. Marco Silva has a touchline ban the manager. Uh, they're coming off the back of four straight defeats. On paper, it appears to be a great time to be playing Fulham, who have had a really solid season. Obviously, football is not played on paper, so it will obviously have its difficulties. But nevertheless, coming off the back of a defeat at Old Trafford with teams in and around Everton, all on paper again, having very difficult games, such as Bournemouth play Tottenham, Nottingham Forest play Man United, West Ham play Arsenal, Leeds play Liverpool. Some really difficult games there for teams. If Everton can do their own business and get three points at Goodison. Who knows? You could have listened and see yourself five points ahead of Leicester, seven points ahead of Southampton, three points ahead of Nottingham Forest with a superior goal difference, which is then effectively a four-point lead. All of a sudden, we could be in a much better position than where we're currently sitting right now. But regardless of all the other results, and Sean Dyche alluded to it in his press conference today at Finch Farm, um, we've just got to take business you know, take care of our own business and look after ourselves. And that is putting Fulham to the sword on Saturday. It'll be a difficult game. They've got some very capable players. I know you're a massive fan of Harrison v- Harrison Reed in the midfield. You're a big fan of him. He's very technically good. Obviously, Willian, yeah, he's ageing. But again, a very good technical footballer. They're not a bad side, Fulham. They're coming to Goodison with, in reality, a lot of freedom, nothing to lose. Their season's probably done. Um, so they can play a bit more loose, try a few things, maybe going into next season. Everton just need to focus, be professional. I don't care if it's 1-0 or 5-0, just get the three points and then we can look at what everyone else does over the weekend. And like I say, waking up Tuesday morning, obviously Leeds play Liverpool on the Monday, waking up Tuesday morning, Everton can find themselves in a very strong position going down to Crystal Palace next Saturday. But without looking too far ahead, 3pm Saturday, Ben, you're absolutely right, mate. It feels a big game because it is a big game. So we've just got to take it very, very seriously and do the job. Yeah, it's massive. It reminds me of the Chelsea home game last season, which ultimately we simply had to win. And I I think it's that game again, we simply had to win. This is a game I've earmarked as three points. But what I loved about Sean Dyson is presser today, you know, us against the world again. We don't care about other results. We concentrate on ourselves and that's what we've got to do. 
There's no point in looking around the half time how these teams around us are getting on. Get the job done. Be professional. I, I agree with you completely. I don't care if it's one nil. Don't care if it's two one. I don't care if it's six and eleven. Just get the win. However, I'd love. Don't get me wrong. I'd love it a six nil, four nil at half time. I would absolutely love it because you know I get nervous as hell at these games because you can sense it in the ground. There's an eerie feel of anxiety in the ground because people know just how big of a game this is. Fingers crossed people are psyched up and up for it. I think they will be. I think it's ultimately that big. Um, don't quite think we're there yet with the blue smoke and the blue faces going into Goodison Park, but it's going to be massive. It really, really is. With the bubble with the injuries, then Dominic Calvert-Lewin is in contention. Obviously, that striking position and then obviously over to the right-back situation and Seamus Coleman. Yeah. What are you doing and why? <clears throat> well, Sean Dyke alluded or tried to maybe allude that he had questions over Nathan Patterson's match fitness uh, ahead of Saturday with Seamus Coleman unavailable. So don't be surprised, Blues, if Ben Godfrey does slot in at right-back and Vitaly Mikalinka then takes his left-back berth back off Ben Godfrey. Don't be surprised if that is the case just judging by what Sean Dyke said in terms of Nathan Patterson's match fitness, it, it does seem a bit in doubt, his, his fitness. Um, and I'd understand that, I get it. Ben Godfrey's obviously been playing a lot more football than Nathan Patterson, as has Vitaly Mikalenko. So maybe Dyke will go with what he knows rather than rolling the dice with Nathan Patterson, who he hasn't really played, been able to play him much due to his injury. So he hasn't really seen him much in a flatback four. So don't be surprised with that one. And, and up front... Does Dominic Calvert-Lewin start? I think, obviously, you have to be pragmatic with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He's been out for a long time, since very early February, when Everton beat Arsenal. That was the last time he actually played a competitive fixture. So to throw him in from the start would be a risk or a gamble. Of course, if Dominic Calvert-Lewin feels like he could give you 60 minutes, is it worth starting him? I'd argue probably yes, if the signs and all the metrics and all the... Uh, the medical team was satisfied that he would be able to complete 60 minutes without pulling up, of course, giving him the best possible chances. I'd understand that. Um, I'd love to see him start a game. I think it would get the crowd going. I think it would give a bit of a buzz around the ground to see him back in and around starting 11. And obviously, he gives us a different dynamic, doesn't he? There's no doubt about it. We are a better team with Dominic Calvert-Lewin in it. We play a different, we do, we play a different way when Calvert-Lewin's there. We know we can. We know we can... Um, hit the target man we know he, or the ball will stick we know we can play off him we know we can put balls in the box and Dwight McNeil must be licking his lips thinking you know what I can get the ball out wide and whip it in and I know I've got a genuine target man in Dominic Calvert-Lewin who will genuinely get on the end of some of these crosses um, so yeah I'd love to see Dominic Calvert-Lewin start is it maybe too early for him to start only Sean Dyche the medical team cancel that Um if not, who do you start, Sims or Gray? You you obviously want Alex Wobey down the middle, don't you? I think you were thinking Wobey down the middle, Gray out wide, Sims up front. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly what I want to see. I think we missed the we missed the Corey massively. We missed the energy. We missed the press. We missed the intensity. We missed the the leggy midfielder who tends to score a few goals. I just think Alex Wobey's got that in his locker. He's got good stamina. Do you potentially miss out on the coverage on the right? You look at Fulham, Anthony Robinson, um, obviously ex-Everton uh, graduate, and then Willian. Ben Godfrey's got pace. He could do more recoveries, potentially, if he's playing at right-back. I'd do that, by the way. I'd have Ben Godfrey at right-back and Mikhailenko at left-back. I don't think Patterson's played enough games, and I think he's going to go with what he knows. I think you might be right there. Um, Ellis Sims, 
probably deserved a nod if Dominic Cavalier feels like he's not 110 percent. Um, and then put Damari Gray on the right and get balls into the box and try and generate a few chances. Try and st- but Alex Awobi is best position is a ten central midfielder, but he has got the legs. What we see in the back end of last season to go up and down. But what do you think our chances are? And as always, what are your predictions? I've given mine over on the Patreon. What are yours? Mm, yeah, I'll be nervous if we concede first. I think it will then be a nervy Goodison Park if Fulham go 1 0 up. And obviously, I'll put a cat amongst the pigeons. Um, I'd love Everton to score first and maybe go in at half time leading and then can maybe get a foothold in the game in the second half. But it's going to be tough. Like I say, Fulham can come here with, with freedom, no pressure. Um, they've obviously got some. Some questions to be answered, obviously, on a tough run of form without their target man, Mitrovic. I think it's going to be difficult, but I'm going to go 2-1 Everton. And for those who bother to listen to what I say, because I've never got one right, I went for Everton 2, Fulham 0. So it's going to be a very close encounter indeed. Anyway, moving on, Friday, May the 26th, live at the Beer Keller, our next end-of-season event. Some people might not know this, but we do put on Everton events with ex-players, live music and Ryan Rooney down at the Beer Keller. They are absolutely incredible nights. If you know anyone who's attended, speak to them, get the feedback, and I almost guarantee you it'll be absolutely positive. If we had a review system, it would be 4.8 stars because the bobble speeches at the beginning are a tiny bit boring, so not quite five star. But anyway, um, they usually do sell out and there's only approximately 35 tickets remaining. So be quick. If you haven't already, go over, buy your tickets and we look forward to seeing you there. And there is going to be some surprises and that's all I can say. Anyway, thanks for listening. All the links to our social media and Patreon are below. Get in touch, give us a review. Subscribe to the podcast and have a good week. Stay safe and all the very best. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.